Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about the top five ankle sprain myths for runners. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. Ankle sprains are one of the most common injuries that brings an athlete to the emergency room. Of course, as we talked about before, the emergency room may be the very worst place to go when you actually have an ankle sprain. Since many runners are starting to learn that they don't need to sit around all day in the emergency room, it's important to understand what is a myth and what is reality when it comes to a sprained ankle. If you understand a few simple things about ankle sprains, you can make the best decisions about how to care for your ankle so you can get back to running as soon as possible. Now the first myth we're going to talk about is that you need x-rays to see how bad it is when you sprain your ankle. Anytime you roll your ankle on a trail run or miss a step and sprain your ankle, you want to know what is wrong. Of course, we expect that if you take x-rays, you could just look inside the ankle and see what is wrong, but that's not really how it works. The first problem, of course, is that x-rays really only show you the bony structures. Ankle x-ray exams don't really show you tendons and ligaments or other soft tissues very well. So if you have a broken bone, an x-ray is really useful. However, most patients who sprain their ankles do not break anything at all that might show up on an x-ray. In fact, there's an entire set of criteria often used by emergency room physicians to determine whether or not it's worth the cost of doing an x-ray when someone sprains an ankle. Those rules are known as the Ottawa Ankle Rules, and these were developed in Canada to reduce health care costs when the Canadian health system realized that thousands of patients every day were showing up in emergency rooms and getting unnecessary x-rays in their ankles. The Ottawa Ankle Rules basically say that if you can push on four different spots on your foot and ankle, and it doesn't hurt when you push on any of those four spots, and if you can walk four steps or more, you probably don't need x-rays because nothing is likely broken. Now, this set of guidelines will basically rule out all the most common kinds of fractures that happen when you roll your ankle running. So the fact is, you don't really need x-rays in most cases. Now, having said that, I have seen a number of patients who called me because they believed they had a sprained ankle. And yet, when I examined these patients in their homes, it was clear that they actually had a fracture. The reason I knew these patients had broken bones is not because I did x-rays in their homes, but because I could actually feel the broken bone move when I checked their ankle. But this point shouldn't confuse you. These patients were all in extraordinary amounts of pain. The ankles were black and blue, and the ankles were severely swollen. So just on an outward appearance, I was actually suspicious of a fracture right away. In these cases, I ordered x-rays not to determine whether or not the ankle was broken, but whether or not surgery would be required to repair the fractured bone. On the flip side of this idea of whether or not you need x-rays for an ankle sprain, there are subtle fracture patterns of the ankle that are frequently missed. I'm often invited to medical conferences to lecture to physicians and help them learn how to not miss these subtle fractures. One such fracture is called a lateral process fracture of the talus. I actually led the largest research study ever performed on these types of fracture patterns, and we actually found that in the case of ankle injuries suspected to be ankle sprains, lateral process fractures are present almost 10% of the time. For that research, we actually won an award from the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons. And even when doctors look at patients with ankle sprains, it's been reported that these particular types of ankle fractures, these lateral process fractures, they're missed 40 to 50% of the time. So even if you have x-rays, they may well miss this fracture on the initial exam anyway. Now, the second myth we're going to talk about is that if you can walk on it, it's not broken. This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? 
The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler in my experience is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You'll have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's gonna be on time. Two, he's gonna be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are gonna result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. Welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. Now, the second myth we're going to talk about is that if you can walk on it, it's not broken. And although I can understand why people would assume that you shouldn't be able to walk on it if it's broken, I can tell you that this myth is simply not true. I've seen many patients with truly remarkable, spectacular, severe fractures who walked right into my office. In fact, a few of those fractures were so significant, they had to be taken immediately to surgery. Now, our bodies are truly remarkable machines, and, and when a part such as a broken bone in your ankle becomes broken and injured, natural endorphins, or sort of natural painkillers within your body, they can dull the pain, and the muscles and tendons around the fracture can splint firmly enough to support the broken bone so that it's stable enough that you can actually walk on it. So if you think you may have a broken bone in your ankle, you obviously shouldn't ignore it and just keep walking. You don't have to be a doctor to understand that if you walk on a broken bone, you can make the fracture worse. Grinding away the rough edges of a broken bone, just chewing away on each other, is not going to make things better. One ankle sprain myth and treatment method which has been perpetuated for decades now is that you should move your ankle right away after you sprain it. And believe it or not, uh, there is some scientific basis and reason to think that this early mobilization treatment is a good idea. Many years ago, there was a research study that actually reported that when athletes had a severe ankle sprain and they started an early range of motion protocol in order to loosen up the ankle, reduce the swelling, and remove the inflammatory fluid around the ankle, they could return to pre-injury levels of activity within four days. Four days sounds pretty good, right? The part that doesn't seem to get discussed or highlighted is that the, in the overwhelming majority of athletes who took this approach, they actually ended up with chronic ankle pain. That's right. They have problems for years. Some of them even have ankle pain for a lifetime. So if you happen to be a professional athlete who's making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, it may be worth taking this approach. In that case, you may just choose to endure some long-term pain for an enormous short-term financial gain afforded by a professional athletic career. But for all of us normal individuals with regular careers and a desire to keep running and stay active for the rest of our lives, this seems like a terrible idea. Yes, it, it may be a real bummer to sit on the couch for a few days or a couple of weeks, but if it's the difference between running with or without pain for the next few decades, it seems like a really good idea to treat the ankle appropriately right off the bat. 
A simple way to think about this is to consider any sort of damaged tissue like skin. For example, let's say you cut your arm. Would it make any sense to repeatedly pull a cut open? I mean, if you did, did you think that the, the, this was going to heal quickly? I mean, all an ankle sprain is really is a ripped or torn ligament that supports the ankle. So if you tear the ligament and then you rapidly and repeatedly move the ankle around, how is that torn ligament supposed to heal? Do you really think new collagen can be laid down across a moving ligament? It just doesn't make any sense. In terms of reviewing the medical literature, studies have shown that there is a higher risk of chronic ankle pain after early mobilization versus immobilization with a cast or a fracture walking boot. The important point is you have to really think about what is most important. If you have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to run a race, then maybe you can suffer the consequences of running on a sprained ankle. However, if your goal is really to make sure that you're running without pain and without problems years from now, you may be better served with a short course of immobilization using a fracture walking boot or something like that to hold it still. Now, the fourth myth we're going to talk about is that if you can play, it's okay. A couple of years ago, I was in Yosemite on a rock climb with a friend of mine. And while he was leading a short section, he fell. And when he fell, he rolled his ankle. But he's a tough guy. Now, we were sitting on this cliff high above Yosemite Valley, and we talked about it. And he seemed to think that he was doing okay, and so we continued on. But we were on a very long route called the Royal Arches. And the problem with the Royal Arches is that at some point, it starts to become very, very difficult to retreat because you can't really rappel down anymore. And unfortunately, once we passed that point of no return, his ankle started to get considerably worse. Now, although he is a very tough guy, and um, he was still having a pretty rough day, and I could hear him repeatedly moaning and groaning when he would step on it the wrong way. Of course, this slowed us down more than we expected. We ran out of water, we both got dehydrated, and the day turned into much more of an adventure than we had originally sought. Now, the point of this story is that initial ankle sprain injury can be followed by a flood of endorphins that can considerably dull the pain and make you think it's okay to just continue on, but doing so may put you at risk for further problems. If you happen to have one of those subtle ankle fractures and you just keep moving, you could make the injury worse. The last thing we're going to talk about is a myth that basically is, as long as I can run, it's good. And one statement that most runners would agree with, of course, is that as long as I can run, it's good. Of course, I agree with this statement to a point, but just as we have discussed, you could make an injury worse if you continue to exercise without treating it appropriately, but there's an upside and a downside to everything. One of the saving graces for athletes who take the early mobilization route is that even if they develop chronic ankle pain, inflammation, and problems down the road, these problems are, for the most part, still treatable. You must fully rehab your ankle and rebuild the neuromuscular connections that support the ankle or you will sprain it again. A huge proportion of patients who sprain their ankles will develop chronic ankle instability that makes the injured ankle more susceptible to recurring ankle sprains. Of course, if you sprain your ankle, it's inconvenient because it interrupts your training. You find yourself sitting on the couch nursing your swollen ankle instead of going for a run. If you keep spraining your ankle over and over seemingly every time you go out for a trail run, this is not going to be sustainable for most runners. But again, the good news is most runners can fully rehabilitate their ankle even if they make some ankle treatment mistakes after that initial ankle sprain. So, just because you sprained your ankle a year or two ago, don't think you can't improve it today. You just have to understand the process of rehabilitation so you can restore the natural stability to your ankle. 
And do not be confused. You don't need surgery in the overwhelming majority of cases to rehabilitate your ankle. So don't let some doctors sell you a trip to the operating room. Many runners can fully rehabilitate a sprained ankle and chronically unstable ankle at home with a very specific home exercise rehabilitation program. You just have to know what to do. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me. And then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.